when you think of hypnosis, what comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind, I would have to say, is a, a form of mind control, actually. Yeah. Um, somebody who reads your mind? Not knowing what you're doing? Hypnosis is, uh, well, think people, like, try to control your mind. I think of, I think of Scooby-Doo. Like, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, like with his eyes, like, in the little spirally thing. You are getting very sleepy. Hypnotize, I believe that, is like an electric shock. You cannot see, but you feel it. No control. Tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, if, if a person would hypnotize me, he can do everything what he wants. Welcome back. This is your girl, Mandy B. And we are here again for yet another episode of Period Sis, brought to you by the Official Box owner. I am excited to be joined um, another week with a good friend of mine. Um, I'm excited for this episode as well because... As a lot of y'all know, I don't be believe in science. I don't believe in a lot of different stuff. But I do believe in like aliens and maybe not really magic, but just, I don't know, shit along those lines. And you're probably like, what the fuck does this have to do with womanhood? What the hell are you talking about? Well, this week I am joined by Natalie, who is a hypnotherapist and what we are going to talk about is how she uses hypnotherapy to help women overcome sexual trauma and amongst other things um vaginismus and you'll learn what that is and also she opens up about what led her to seeking this career and what made her essentially want to help women this way. So I'm excited for you guys to tune into this episode and possibly consider this as an option um, if you are someone who has experienced some sort of sexual trauma and what you are currently doing is not helping in your healing. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get right to it. Once again, we're back with it. It's another tale of womanhood for women, by women, Check it out. So I'm super excited. We are here again. It is another episode of Period Sis. And I am joined today by a good friend. We've been friends for, what, almost 10 years, nine years, eight years, mm -hmm. around there, 10 years or so. Um, so I am joined by Natalie today. Some of you may have seen me write her. Love chat with Nat. Um, I'm excited to have this conversation because a bit of it is kind of witchy, not going to lie. That's when I, that's what I thought. I know. And you're probably going to laugh at me, but we are going to dig into, um, oh God, hypnotherapy, um, and how you can use this as a resource to heal from many things, including sexual trauma and just a, a lot of things, I guess. So Natalie, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie. I'm a certified hypnotherapist and NLP yes. practitioner, mindset coach, all that good stuff. Mindset coach and all that. So how did you get into this? How did how did it start? What led you to doing hypnotherapy and, and being a, a, a really true resource to women out there? About 17 years ago, I started with Pure Romance. It's a direct sales company for um, toys and lubes and things like that. And I, they offered a track on intimacy after cancer. It was basically a mm -hmm. workshop so that I could help women 
um, deal with with sexual issues after cancer treatment. Moved down to Florida, decided this is what I want to do. I was a tech geek before, and that's why I call myself a sex geek because um, <laughs> I, I I can do it all. But um, I moved down here and I decided to get my master's in psychology. I did that. Then, of course, you know, you always want something more. I felt like I just wanted something of my own. So then I went back to get my PhD in clinical sexology and they offered hypnosis as an option. Um, I had no idea what it was. I took the classes, um, took the course, got certified, absolutely loved it, have changed many lives with it. So it was kind of, I mean, it was like a snowball effect. I, I always just, you know, it's something in me that I always just want to help and and do more. So you went from selling sex toys and lubes, got into helping people get back into being intimate after cancer treatment, then went back through school um, and hip, hypnotherapy caught your attention. So how does that now play into what you provide now to your clients and what type of clients come to you now? Currently, I, I my specialty is sexual wellness. So mostly women that are experiencing pelvic pain, vaginismus, have experienced sexual trauma, whether it's recent or childhood. I do a lot of anything mindset related. So if you have a block, inner child healings, um, anything like that. Now, if you can, I have not done an episode yet on vaginismus. Could you explain to the women listening that also may not be familiar what that is? It's a basically like a spasm. If you've ever experienced spasming in your vagina, I mean, I've experienced an orgasm. <laughs> okay, so it's an orgasm. Pain, no, it's, it's painful. It feels okay. like um, you know, like a Charlie horse in your in your calf. Oh, yeah, okay, it feels yes. like that. Oh wow! And it just feels like a wall. Sometimes there's there's different um, ways that somebody could feel, but most of the time it's it's an actual involuntary spasm. And this is brought about by what? Do you know what, like, what, what is causing vaginismus um, amongst many women? Mostly it's psychological, um, oh. but not all the time. But okay. that's what they've related to. It. Anxiety, stress, trauma, a lot of shame and guilt, especially if you're very religious. A lot of times, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen Jane the Virgin and they show the flower drying up on the wall. If you've had no, sex, I don't. I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> so they, well, you know, I ain't, I ain't very religious. Nothing, but. <laughs> well, it's um, it's a, like a funny show, but but that's exactly how it's taught. It's like if you have sex, your your vagina is going to dry up, or you're going to get, you know, if you masturbate, you're going to grow hair on your hands. All these things that we are told as children, and now we feel like, oh no, if I have sex, somebody, nobody's going to want me. Um, they're going to think I'm dirty. They're going to, you know, I'm. Sh- they're ashamed. There's lots of guilt and shame around it, which can cause it. Um, it could even be as something I, I've had a client who actually almost had a drowning experience when they were younger. And so um, they hold their breath um, oh. often. And so that tightens their vagina. Oh, vaginal wow. muscles. And, and, you know, when you're, it's like a choking, you know, and so then you're, it's like your vagina's choking. So it's kind of tensing up. It's, it's really wild how the brain works. And it becomes painful for a lot of women during sex. So do you like, so, so what would you do in this case? If, if a woman has vaginismus or, or lets you know that she's experiencing pain um, with her partner while having sex, um, what is, how would you go about treating this or what, or what conversations would you have leading up to treating? The first thing I always do is we go back to childhood. 
Oh, what are okay. what are the beliefs? What did you learn? What did your parents say? Most of the time, and even the lack of conversation can cause it because that automatically makes it seem like it's bad or dirty or shameful. Like we didn't talk about it at all, so I shouldn't do it. Or shh, don't watch, don't watch the TV. Um, there's people kissing, which you know, for a child, that means it's bad. Right, right. So I know, and before doing the show, we actually talked about it. You had an experience as well where where you let me know that a relationship led to you having a psycho, uh, pain down in your pelvic um, that you thought was triggered psychologically. Can you go into sharing with the audience that story? Yeah, so... I've never had the experience where my where the actual vaginal muscles tighten up, but it was like a pain inside um, my pelvic area. It just felt like um, it, it was like like a, I don't know. It's kind of weird to explain it, but it's like a heartbreak, you know, and it just like hurts. It just feels like yes. aching. Yes, it was like it's like a heartbreak, but in my my pelvic area. But so what would happen is from the physical and sexual abuse, um, it automatically said anything around my pelvic area was like, no, this is bad. I don't want it. It's not safe. Um, and normally that's what it is. It's that safety component. So like what could you, could you explain? Like if someone were to give you a hug, cause I mean, sometimes depending if it's a child or someone shorter, they could be around that area. Like what things triggered you to feel this pain? So let's say you're watching TV and and there's sex on TV. That could cause it because automatically it reminds your brain, oh, this is what penetration is like, or this is what happens when you're laying in bed with somebody. There was a time that um, I was dating somebody and they went out to the bar and they came back, completely normal, healthy relationship. They came back, the key in the door, they went to unlock the door. I heard the key in the door and automatically my whole entire body tensed up, my pelvic area especially, um, just with the key in the door. Oh, wow. Is this something that you've shared with your with your you know, partners, your previous partners? After experiencing this and knowing that it could be triggered at any time, is this something that you do communicate? Not now. And I didn't before, you know, I, I was single for a long time because of it. Cause I just, I didn't trust anybody, but now I've done so much healing that it, everything right now, I feel so much at peace, um, that it, I don't really get triggered anymore. I feel very safe in my body and my, and my, and my mind tells me that I'm safe. Um, so I have all kinds of, they're called post-hypnotic triggers that I do that um, like if I put my finger and my thumb together, it tells my body to relax and it sends kind of a wave of relaxation through my body. Even just right now, I could do it. And guys, I, I know that some of you, you know, you guys may have been to Vegas and went to the magic shows and saw people start quacking like a duck and being, you know, hypnotized to doing these crazy things. Um, before we kind of get into what your what your treatment even looks like and and kind of some steps that people could take or, or you know, just if they're even considering it, um, I do guys want to share with you. Um, again, Natalie being my friend, I had gotten my wisdom teeth pulled. Um, if some of you guys follow me on social media, you guys saw Jesus. My tongue to this day is still numb. I don't know what the hell they did. But basically, I got my top and bottom wisdom teeth removed at the same time. And I was in so much pain. And I was just miserable. And I was sitting here telling Natalie, I am in pain. And she was like, well, let me hypnotize you. Let me help you 
you know, relax your mind and get that pain away because you're experiencing as much pain as you are because you keep thinking about how painful it is. So I was like, girl, you going to do what? (laughs) (laughs) And so Natalie, I guess just so that I'm not telling the whole goddamn story, could you kind of let them know how you set me up and kind of what you walked me through in this, in this hypnosis, I guess, session? Yeah. So first it's, I can't hypnotize you if you don't want to be hypnotized. So I can't do anything you don't want me to do. And listen, Um, y'all, y'all know I don't believe in Zodiacs. I don't believe in science. I mean, I do watch sci-fi. So technically this is magic. And I was like, okay, I might believe this shit. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was just in a place where I was like, okay, whatever can help me get this pain to stop. I was definitely open and willing to um, experiencing this with Natalie. So she definitely was like, let all your guards down. Nothing's going to happen unless you want it to happen. Um, And so, yeah, go ahead, Natalie. So, yeah, so there's that trust factor, which is obviously important, but it's a progressive relaxation. So I relaxed her from her head to her toes, just using my voice. And we did this virtually. And, and then once she's in a relaxed state and I can tell by her face, how relaxed she is, and I, I, offer, laid, I was laid out on my couch. <laughs> just, it feels like you're like just sinking into the couch. It's like a dreamy like state. Do you, do you agree? Did you feel like a like a dreamy like? Exactly what it felt like. And I'm not gonna lie. I think maybe not even midway. Um, so basically, again, guys, this was done virtually, and I'm laying in my in my couch. And yes, she's making it seem like I'm now sinking in, and everything around me is quiet. And you know, and then next thing I know, she starts pointing and 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 mentioning different parts of my body and this is when I was like okay bitch what you doing like I remember at one point specifically she was like do you feel me by your fingers or I'm now at your fingertips or release everything all the way through your fingertips and bitch my fingers started tingling and I was like oh hell no (laughs) (laughs) um but basically we went through this session because um and this is where we're now going to get into kind of the affirmations that I that I mentioned Natalie that I would love for you to talk about so she just let me know how psychological not only pain is but how you um I guess react and also keep pinned up inside of you trauma and the experience that you received during trauma. And so what this hypnosis essentially did was get my mind off of the pain in my mouth. And I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was, it was straight. I was like, oh, you really did something here. And you were able to open your mouth wider. I was, listen, <laughs> listen, because I was scared. I was never going to be able to do something with this mouth again. I ain't even going to lie. It, but Natalie, I guess now this is the important part um, of what you do essentially too with your treatment. Um, and, and I write on your blog as well, positive affirmations. Could you get into how important this is for women who have experienced any sort of trauma and also how you bring it into your your sessions? Mm-hmm. So positive, your your brain believes what you tell it. Um, and so when you use positive affirmations, it's really important to attach an emotion to it, like a feeling and a visual. Your brain loves all that, loves as much information as possible. So an affirmation, basically you're telling yourself, let's say I am a sexual being. I created a deck of, of affirmation cards, um, because there wasn't anything on the market for women I have or for people in general. Right in my living room. Oh, you found them. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so you're basically affirming what you want. 
Because when if you were to say right now, I'm tired, you're going to feel tired. Mm. That's now, you're telling this, yourself I'm tired. Now, I want to know, just so that we can just make this clear, because I know right now the word manifest is very mm-hmm. big. What is the difference between manifestation and positive affirmations? Or there's is there not, a difference? There's, there's not really a difference. I would say they're very similar because you're affirming what you want, but the, it's the intention behind it. So no matter if you're – because you're using affirmations when you manifest um, okay. and even like especially like orgasmic manifestation and all that. Um, you're using affirmations. Now, wait, 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 right? wait one moment. <laughs> wait one moment. You just said – Orgasmic manifestation. Yes, girl. Can we talk about it? Is for for women listening who have not experienced an orgasm, can they just right before sex say, "I'm finna get an orgasm today"? Like, can you like, what is an orgasmic manifestation? You are in this trance-like state, an altered state of consciousness. You're enjoying it. You're in the moment. Your levels of serotonin, endorphins are at an all-time high in this moment. You're feeling so good. Everything is just clicking, and that's when you want to bring back the intention. And it'll go bypass that conscious mind that can infiltrate with self-doubt or, oh, this is why I shouldn't have this, this is why I can't access what I want, X, Y, and Z. It's going to go bypass that into your unconscious or subconscious mind. So, and yes, most people that cannot have an orgasm, it's because they're telling myself, I can't have an orgasm. I'm not going to have an orgasm. They go into sex saying, I can't have an orgasm. So how are you going to do it? You just said you can't do it. Anyways, but yeah, so while you're having an orgasm, it's like when you're open, you know, you're not thinking about fears. You're not thinking about doubts or bad habits when you're having an orgasm. You're just open. So that's the time where you just want to manifest everything because all your fears are gone. You're in a happy place. You're releasing hormones. It's it's really powerful. Now, I want to get into then maybe who your clientele may be because everything you just said, of course, yes, I feel that way when I'm having sex with a partner that I trust and I'm open and yes, I'm fearless. However, there's a lot of women that while engaging sex, they don't feel Mm -hmm. safe. They don't feel open. They do relinquish fears because they've experienced sexual trauma in the past. So then let's talk about that. For those women who do want to experience orgasm, but who have dealt with sexual trauma and now they're not able to open up that way, what are some things that you would give to them or how would treatment go about for women like that? So for people that are not ready for something like hypnotherapy, they're not ready to talk about it. um, I do recommend the affirmations Uh, within the cards that I have you, it releases the shame and the guilt and the fear, um, around your body, but also in, in life, in the world, because that's who you don't trust, right? You don't trust men. You don't trust maybe women. You don't trust family members, whomever it is. Um, so it just begins to build that trust back. And then, so through hypnotherapy, your brain doesn't know the difference between the past, the present, and the future. So when you have a flashback or a dream or even a trigger, your body feels as if it's happening at that moment. And that's why sometimes even something that happened in childhood feels like it happened yesterday because you're really replaying it all the time. And so is a, is a part of what you offer also a bit of therapy? Like, because you did say you started childhood a lot. Um, at any point, do you not start from childhood? Like, do you ever go first to where you feel someone may have experienced the trauma? Because, I mean, you know, some people could have 
a, a great childhood. And I also just don't want to spew the narrative that, you know, these things start as early as childhood, because I mean, I, I opened up too about my first, I guess, even experience of sexual assault. And it happened here in, in New York on a train. And I mean, shit, I was, you know, in my mid 20s. And nothing back to my childhood brings me to any like true sexual assault. And mm-hmm. so at any point, do you do you have anyone start where they feel like they first were violated? So we we first start about, you know, it depends on what someone comes to me for. But we normally go back to child, not necessarily because of sexual assault, but because of the mindset. What did you learn about sex? So what is what is your thought process? Because I can't say, I can't tell you um you know, something that you don't believe, it's not going to work. So I need to know what you believe. I need to know what your thoughts are about sex, about love, about, you know, so, so it doesn't necessarily mean that someone experienced abuse as a child. It just is their mindset around what sex is. So then, yes, we would go to the actual incident. And what it does, it doesn't erase the memory of the incident. It takes away that emotional connection. So instead of feeling that fear, that tension, um, it actually replaces it with calm and relaxation, like more of an empowered feeling. And you talked, you talked about regaining trust in others. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I recently had a conversation, um, with Antoinette. I'm not sure if you guys have heard that episode yet or not. Um, but she opened up kind of about how she went through the journey after sexual assault in loving herself. And something that you talk about is self-forgiveness. Um, you talked about blame and shame, but when things happen to us as women, at, a lot of times we do blame ourselves. So what, I, I guess what, what advice or what would you tell a woman who is having a problem with self-forgiveness? So within the sessions or even just in general, you could do a lot of ego strengthening, which is basically, you know, imagine a time when you felt super confident. You may have been five years old. Sometimes people lost their confidence then, but you'll go back to even that time, or maybe it was when you were 21 and um, you go back. And so it strengthens that ego. It strengthens your self-love so that you can forgive yourself because you feel so confident. Like, why wouldn't I forgive myself? Um, this, you know, it, it's it's crazy because just even, and I think I may at this point say this every episode, but once again, like to know that this is something that so many women go through, and as a woman, again, I haven't experienced much of this. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you, like my thing pounded. Um, <laughs> let me stop. But, uh, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign with your friend that self forgiveness um, and self love, uh, even on my site, it says self love is the first step to sexual confidence because yes. it's true. And and it's crazy because it's something that I've also said a lot. Like you can't seek happiness um, from someone else if you are not happy with self first. Um, And it it kind of resonated when she was explaining that because even like you're saying, as far as orgasms and sex is concerned, you're not going to reach that orgasm. You're not going to fully feel safe. You're not going to fully open up. You're not going to let your guards down if you're not, comfortable with yourself and you don't trust yourself. Um, I guess before, before we go as well, there's something else that you offer through hypnosis. And again, this is like so much. So you mentioned something on your blog, hyperemesis gravidarum. Now, now, you know, I am not good with big words and I am not a doctor. Um, could you, um, go into what HG is and just so that, um, 
maybe some woman that is experiencing this may not even know that this is possibly what she's experiencing so that she can look at it. Could, could you go into explaining what HG means? That's actually women that are pregnant experience okay. that. It's, okay, it's basically awesome. you're sick through throughout the whole nine months of pregnancy, not just the first trimester, morning sickness all day, every day, can't even keep down water. Yes. And I do have someone who I'm hoping is able to come on my show. She's actually experiencing that now and has not left the hospital. Yeah, um, it's, it's with- dangerous. It's very bad. So can you, um, and I guess I'll, I'll run down some of these, not to get too much into this because it is something that I'm going to have an episode about, but it's um, pretty much severe nausea and vomiting, food aversions, weight loss of 5% or more, um, pre-pregnancy weight, decreasing urination, dehydration, confusion, fainting, extreme fatigue. And like you said, this is something that um, some women experience throughout the entire pregnancy that make it very um, just unpleasing. I guess. Can we go through what what you do in the terms of this session um, to relieve women of of these? Is it still is this also connected to to your brain? Yeah. So in all my sessions are customized because everyone obviously is different. But right. um, imagine there's there could be a different. I work really intuitively. You know, like that's the witchy part of it that you call it. Um, <laughs> but so. Let's say somebody who has, you know, you talk about a lot of women with the mother wound. So sometimes um, women get sick, physically sick, thinking about they're going to be just like their mother. Mm. It's insane that you say that because I genuinely feel like that's one of the reasons that's a form of birth control for me. Um, Not that I don't love my mother because I do, but the fear of being a single mother. And raising children by myself, um, just seeing how hard that was for my mother. I feel like that's been a form of birth control. But also, I feel like that's something that would lead me to maybe experiencing this if I get pregnant too. Yeah. So what what other causes of it? What are other causes? Um, so just the fact, like, let's say you didn't want to be pregnant in the, be- in the first place. And so again, you're making yourself physically sick thinking about it. Or am, financially, um, am I going to be able to take care of this child? Is the or maybe if you have a partner that isn't really nice to you? There's so many things that can make you imagine anything that would make you, you know, when you feel like sick to your stomach about something. It's basically what they're what women are doing. I one of my clients, um, it was it was mother related, and as soon as we released that and, and realized like I can be any type of mother that I want to be gone. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, it's, it's so crazy too, because what you just said is I'm sick to my stomach. A lot of sayings that we've just, you know, kind of added to our vocabulary and just say it. We don't really think about, I guess that I don't want to say magical or scientific, <laughs> but, the, but the fact that so many things are psychological and when it comes to sex and when it comes to a lot of things that we experience as women, um, a lot of it is more psychological than physical. And I say that about sex all the time. I mean, in order to really enjoy it, you do have to psychologically be in tune or not have those other concerns or worries. And a lot of even reaching that orgasmic feeling is more about psychology than physical. Yeah. Your brain's your biggest sex organ. Uh, Yes. Brain is your biggest sex organ. 
All right. So before we get out of here, Natalie, what bit of advice do you have to give to our listeners? Um, And I guess we'll break this into two pieces. What advice would you give to someone first seeking hypnotherapy as a possible route for them to find healing? Uh, make sure that you trust them, make sure you resonate with them. There's, you know, everyone has a different viewpoint, but trust is the most important factor because you're not going to allow yourself to be vulnerable, um, which is, which is key. Um, and you can work, you know, some people do it in office. I work virtually. There's, I think a lot of people right now are working virtually. Um, but just really the trust factor, because that's normally when you're having an issue, that's what you need. You need to be able to trust somebody. And the the last tidbit of advice I would give is for anyone who is listening, who has experienced sexual trauma, what would be one of the first steps that you would give them um, to seek healing from that trauma? So if they are not ready to go to therapy or to go to you know, a hypnotherapist. And, and um, a lot of people aren't. Like, let's yeah, be frank. Like, although we're not ready. currently talking about mental health and the importance of it, and you see it almost pushed down your throat, to be fair, a lot of people still are not yet open to therapy or financially cannot afford it. So yes, I love that you started there. If they're not ready or can't financially afford hypnotherapy or therapy, yes. Could you continue on and, and let us know what you believe that first step to be is? So it's one of the reasons I created the deck of sexuality affirmation cards, because if somebody's not ready or they need to have a lower price point, um, affirmations are really important. So either my cards or just Google positive affirmations, sexuality affirmations, um, listening to podcasts or audios about self-love, um, I, what really helped me was, uh, energy massages, mm, okay. Reiki, like Reiki type, you know, more witchy stuff. <laughs> um, but it's really just, it's just being in tune with yourself. Cause what it does is it helps you to, to trust your own body and, and realize that you're safe in your body. And that's, that's the most important part. I love that. I love that. Well, I guess for any of my, um, you know, any of the listeners here on period says who are interested in reaching out to you or looking into more of your services, where can they find you, Nat? Uh, love chat with Nat on Instagram and Facebook, Instagram mostly. And my website is lovechatwithnat.com. And also my first name, Natalie, last name hatches.com. H-A-T-J-E-S. All right. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining. And I'm so glad that we were able to have this conversation. And I hope that you guys enjoyed Natalie as well. All right. Well, we are signing out. Stay tuned to catch more stats and facts and a little bit more here on Periods. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Again, be sure to follow or check out Natalie's website, Love Chat with Nat. Um, It'll be in the description of this episode. Also, I did want to leave you guys, as always, with a few little stats. Um, Just so you know, there are different types of hypnosis, one being medical hypnosis, the other being hypnotic communication, um, which she kind of 
alluded to with waking suggestions and suggestions with the patient under general anesthesia. Um, that's a little lot. Um, hypnotherapy, of course, which is what we discussed. Um, and hypnotherapy, once again, is improvement of problem management by giving the patient access to their own resources, facilitation of changes in behavior, restructuring. So minimization, reinforcement, and new conditioning of cognitive affective patterns, restructuring of emotional stressful events and sensations um, and reintegration of non-accessible feelings. Experimental hypnosis is another and stage hypnosis. Also, for those of you who um, just kind of want the definition, hypnotherapy is actually a trance-like state in which you have heightened focus and concentration. Um, why is hypnotherapy done? It does um, help with pain control, which I shared my experience, hot flashes, behavior change, cancer treatment side effects, and mental health conditions like such um, that you experience after sexual trauma, um, which is considered PTSD. Um, again, I, I, I love still the conversation with professionals, um, specifically professionals that also have just a story of their own. Um, I don't want to fill this podcast with a whole bunch of medical terminology and things like that. I think the focus and why I created Period Sis essentially was to start having just conversations that a lot of women just don't seem to have. Um, and I hope that you guys have been enjoying it so far. Um, I want to let you guys know that we are now on Patreon. So if you want to support um, Official Box Owner and the subscription box portion of this, as well as growing Period Sis to more episodes and, and just, you know, everything. So be sure to become a patron at patreon.com backslash official box owner. It is in the description of this episode. Also, we are starting a kind of like support group. So if you resonate or have questions regarding any of the episode topics, we're going to be going back and doing whole like sisterhood group circles where we talk about um the experiences that you guys have discussions of future potential topics um and really just uh, the creation of a community and safe space so again become a patron at patreon.com backslash official box owner be sure to follow us on instagram at official box owner and thank you guys all for your support it's been another episode of period sis i'm your host mandy b until next time Most commonly, hypnotherapy has been used for two purposes. First is for suggestion, meaning that people will seek out hypnosis as a way to have someone help them change a behavior they haven't been able to change on their own, such as I want to stop smoking or I want to overcome test anxiety or stop biting my nails. Many people have also reported using hypnotherapy as a way to better manage chronic pain. That came as a shock to me, to be honest, but I could see how, you know, if we're easily suggestible, it could make us focus in on other parts that aren't in pain. And the second reason is for analysis, meaning that we would try out hypnosis as a way to explore a very painful root of our issue. For example, let's say that we could never really process through the abuse that caused our eating disorder. And every time it was just way too painful and we would dissociate or completely shut down. Hypnosis is just another option that can allow us to finally get to the root of our struggles 
and bring it into our conscious mind. And they said that once that's done, then we would need to talk that out in our regular therapy sessions to process through it. That's why hypnotherapy should, I believe, always work in conjunction with regular therapy. therapy, therapy, therapy.